everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is our 335th episode being recorded on February 4th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Momentano. Thank God. Everybody sounds like themselves as we begin the show. People are switching up audio devices. Oh. I'm not a yeah, fan. The show does not feature Josh's new headset. Does not. Not no, yet. No, well, well Logitech's going to be a little disappointed in uh, how uh, their uh, microphone performed. It's 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 really odd how different the sound is between yeah. just e- everything, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that one podcast I tried to use that uh, HyperX Cloud headset like yeah. a year ago or so and that mic on that was just totally There's got to be a reason too. for that, right? Is it is it something in the in the That's how they make it? Like if you look at Josh's microphone now, like it's it's not brand new. It's yeah. old. Yeah. Right? This thing's ancient, but, but it's yeah. it's well loved and worn in. Yeah. Please don't rub that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't rub it. I did that to mine and it died. But like, there's got to be a fundamental difference in how the microphone is built for it to sound. Because yeah. I mean, all, most other new microphones, in my opinion, like on gaming headsets, sound. They, there's no bass. There's no. There's no. You know. Low low frequency tone to them. Yeah, which is interesting because that's the opposite of headphones now. Right. Yeah, headphones have gotten ultra bassy. <laughs> Maybe that's like a, a it's a counterpoint to it, right? I think they're just headphones I, are so bassy. We've got to remove the bass from the microphone. I think they're doing too much filtering. Yeah, honestly, either that or just the quality control of the mics themselves, like the actual part, eh, might not be that great. Because Josh's headset is very similar to the blue headset I have. That sounds yeah. very similar. I've got the same yeah, feedback but, on it. But this headset, like its forefather, went to the moon. <laughs> on that one, yes. I'm talking about Plantronics, your new one that we don't so, like. Know. Yeah. <coughs> well, I mean, what's uh, what are you using, Jeremy? Is yours a Plantronics too? Uh, no, the Plantronics died. This is a Logitech. Oh. This this is actually the cheaper of the two Logitechs that I bought. Uh, the first one just wow. it was sounded empty and, that sounds and hollow, like the same as the previous. Yeah. yeah. This I mean, one, it, this was got whatever the same type of microphone in it. Yeah. It's. See, it's really more about the characteristics of what they build out as opposed to like a quality control issue, I think. Yeah. Whatever they're targeting for. In any event, um, uh, this is the PC Perspective Podcast. We talk about computer hardware uh, most of the time. You know, before the show, we talk about what we mix in with our drinks, either in the morning or in the evening, depending on how significant of an alcoholic you happen to be. And if you miss the live event, if if you want to be part of the pre-show and the post-show, you got to go to pcpercom slash live. We record the shows on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific at pcpercom slash live. But if you need a reminder, and most of us always need friendly reminders, if you go to pcpercom slash subscribe, you get this page. And it's a really simple mailing list that we have. We just get your name and your email address, uh, and we send you notifications you know, maybe an hour before, maybe a day before, depending on what the event is, either for our podcast or for any special events we may have. Like we had a GTX 960 live stream on launch day. We gave away 10 GTX 960s, Yep. Uh, which, by the way, those of you that won, all that stuff should be going out tomorrow because we finished all of our overclocking testing. And we'll have a write-up on that to discuss next week. But if you sign up for that mailing list, then you'll be sure never to miss any of our amazing discussions before or after uh, the show. And those are the only reasons we send to that list. Yeah, we don't spam you for anything else. I don't, not yet. Once we get that magic one million subscriber mark, boom, I'm going to retire. All bets are off? Yeah. Yeah. All I'm right. going to send you a thousand messages in one day, make a thousand dollars each. Okay. Yeah. I, so I'm going to make a hundred thousand million dollars hmm. and it'll be great. I don't think I you know how that works. I don't think, I don't think that's how that works either. No. Uh, so let's get into stuff. 
last week we had a pretty specific NVIDIA controversy to debate centered around the GeForce GTX 970. Uh, That was one of them. um, Well, that was the only one we had last week. Oh, yeah, that was last week. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Around ROPs and memory, blah, blah, blah. Mm Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more here in the next segment. But the first segment is a new controversy from our friends at NVIDIA. This is a... Uh, uh, <laughs> how, how are they dealing with that new. right now? <laughs> from our yeah. friends at NVIDIA. You know, I... <laughs> this is controversy. I had a meeting. We had a, So, like, we, we, ha- we, we did this story. We wrote this up. Um, we had it all prepared. And then we wanted to get, as you should do, right, feedback from NVIDIA on it. And when we had our meeting... You know, they knew what the topic was, and they had seen preliminary results. And I was like, been a pretty shitty week for you guys, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm really tired of talking to you guys. It's like, I understand. I totally get it. But let's talk about this anyway. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about, of course, is mobile G-Sync, uh, which is a thing. It's a thing, right? So It's coming. As it turns out, here's the big news. Mobile G-Sync is coming relatively soon. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to get variable refresh. Uh, gaming on your GeForce GTX powered laptops and new GeForce GTX powered laptops coming out sometime this year. I would guess in the next several months would be my guess, although they didn't comment on that one way or the other. Uh, but what's kind of interesting is how we kind of came about discovering it. So what's the short version of uh, background on this? So uh, Asus support leaked the driver to people that were just asking for, hey, I've got this issue with my laptop. I need, you know... And then some support rep went, here, try this one. Like, pulled this driver off the a G- file a server or whatever. Driver. Yeah, and it was just, you know, a, a GeForce graphics driver, like an, an in-between build number, right? Uh, turns out that was actually a test build that NVIDIA was kind of toying around with between NVIDIA and Asus as far as what, like, G-Sync experience would look like on this platform of a laptop, mm-hmm. right? Um, not the complete experience. It's actually, like, kind of really quirky. But... It was a driver that once you installed it, you got the little balloon pop-up at the bottom that yeah, said GeForce that. Display Detected. And then you're just like, oh, wait, I can what? imagine, like, as the person, like, the first person to get this driver and install it on, we were using an Asus G751 laptop that had a GTX 970M, but I think they still want the 980M in there as well. Yeah. And so somebody gives you a driver, you install it, and then the first thing that happens is you get that balloon pop-up. Do you think this like, what? Do you think? Probably. Wait a minute. Huh. It's even possible that, like, that maybe, you know, you're not paying attention. That pop-up comes up for only a handful of seconds and goes away. So yeah. they, maybe you never saw it. Maybe that first person never saw it. Probably not. Uh, but one guy did see it. One guy did. And then he, like, came, you know, posted, like, on his blog, hey... Here's this thing. Now, there's more to that story, but, like, you know, kind of exaggerated, trying to take it's credit dramatic. for it. Can I, can I segue yeah, into something else? Yeah, it's just else? really dramatic. I mean, if, if it's different than the topic we're talking about, no. Absolutely it is, because that kind of reminds me. <laughs> when I first got one of the first Radeons yep. back in the, uh, what, 7,600 days? The 1700s. That, what? Back in the 1700s. On the yes, arc. No, the 7,600. Oh, oh, right, that right. One. That's what I meant. You know, back when that had the strange dual pixel triple texturing thing <clears throat> while well, i uh, loaded up the uh the aquinox test bench and it came up pixel shader 1.0 and i updated the driver and it took all that away so it's kind of reminiscent of this yeah oh the back the bad history of pixel shaders back when ati was really pissed off when they moved that bar after the radion but go ahead with g-sync yeah so basically this is just a driver that was 
built to be able to do like partial G-Sync with a specific t- kind of timing controller that is in what, like three or four laptop models that are actually out. Um, yeah. You know, that have sold as just regular laptops, but they actually have a timing controller that can do adaptive sync. And adaptive sync is kind of part of what G Sync does, right? G Sync, the full blown G Sync thing does more stuff to handle really low frame rates uh, so, outside of what the adaptive sync window can handle. R- remember that, like, when, when NVIDIA did G Sync, when they launched G Sync, it was in what, October, November of 2013? Yeah, October. October, uh, and then at that when next, they talked about it or launched it. Well, they talked. They launched it, but they didn't have a product for sale, really. But yeah. like in January at CES, AMD was saying, "Hey, we can do this too," and they had a laptop. Yep. Um, that was running a variable refresh demo, and they're like, "Look, this isn't that complicated to do." It's true. Um, panel self panel. Uh, uh, Not panel self refresh. That's a different. Well, one. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Adaptive sync. No, it wasn't called adaptive sync. Oh, there was a, it was it was uh, just the ability to, to it was a different thing. Lower yeah. the refresh rate in order to save uh, power. Panel self refresh. Th- I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That is that is panel self refresh, but that's kind of like that's not what gives you the variable. Well, it is like it gives it gives the capability of the display to not send it every sixty. To refresh seconds. in increments sure. that aren't sixty hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were showing that as like an early demo, right? And the reason they could do it very easily on a laptop, or or first initially on a laptop, is because you had full knowledge of the T-Con, yep. you know, the timing controller. You had full knowledge of the connection type between the GPU and the display. Yeah. And you, you basically could know exactly what yeah. bandwidth. That, that hardware happened. chain to get to the screen is like a very controlled thing in a laptop compared so, to in a desktop where it's just whatever des- yeah. display you plugged in. And So there's a reason why doing it on a notebook is easier and why you would start with that maybe. Sure. Right. Now, when we uh, went to the next step, which was like, okay, we we got this. We did this driver. We were, we were more confused than anything else. Like, how is this working? Yeah. Um, how was it even possible? Because obviously, NVIDIA up through this entire time had been talking about how uh, you needed a G Sync module to do what they're doing, mm-hmm. and that they were not going to support adaptive sync displays. Right. right. Uh, well, so what we did, what any self-respecting person would do, and I said, "Hey, Alan, just tear that whole thing apart." So yeah, we'll we, just you know, where's we took the G seven fifty one and removed every piece, everything. Took it, peeled uh, back shell. the peeled back the stickers that aren't meant to be peeled back on the back of the panel, the LCD itself. Right. So, so we took apart the motherboard. We pulled that out. We were looking yeah. for a G-Sync controller, a G-Sync module of some kind. Um, we took the panel off. We took the uh, actual screen out of the panel housing. Yep. Uh, we were, you know, looking at the T-Con itself. Maybe they're actually, they're, maybe they've got it in silicon and it's really small now, and they can put it mm-hmm. along the edge of the. None of that was there. Correct. What we saw were standard controllers. Uh, if you look at this picture of this motherboard, like... Granted, it was a newer timing controller. It was. But it was not G-Sync. But you, right. you can see, like, we followed traces. You looked at the GPU, and you go, okay, well, here's the traces that go out to the display, and then yep. here's the T-Con that's, that's board that's running on the back of the panel. Yep. And uh, clearly there was no G-Sync module, um, which was, you know, if we think back to that guy who found it, first or first-ish, yep. right, and started talking about, hey, you can do G-Sync without a G-Sync module. That was his big thing, was like, G-Sync is kind of a scam because here it is, I've got it working on this machine, and you don't need a module to do it. Yeah, except and it was kind of limited. <laughs> well, I mean, but... But it was a variable refresh rate. It was a right? variable refresh rate. It yes. was working, and it was yeah. labeled, branded, NVIDIA G-Sync in the driver. Okay. Right? And it was working. Yes. And all the guy did was have a driver. That's so true. so what what is what is the story there? Uh, and that became part of the debate. Now there were some some drawbacks 
to this as well. Yeah, because that TCON can't really handle if you a latency longer than a certain amount, uh, some probably somewhere around like forty milliseconds. So like once you get down to about twenty frames per second in whatever, uh, the screen would just go blank. Like the TCON was basically acting like it was just disconnected from anything. Right. And, well, and we saw get, if here. If, I think if I play this video back in, um, <coughs> this should work. This will show. Uh, yeah. So it, it basically just blanks like intermittently. Um, and it also does it any time a game just uh, hitches, like even if it's at a high frame rate and the game does some kind of like load some scene in the background or load some data and what would be perceived as like just a split second stutter to any normal panel, this panel would blank out. Um, I like that this is telling me that we are live right now. Yes, yes, we are on, live. On uh, YouTube. Um, so uh, basically it's it was unable to do the thing, one of the main things that a authentic g-sync module does right it's able it has buffer memory it actually mm -hmm. saves the frame if the gpu has gone too long without sending at the next frame it will just insert some right it'll just do some additional draws of that frame so that the display doesn't go too long without refreshing the panel right because you have to keep refreshing the panel you can't just like not ever refresh it for like a minute yeah like or even a second like you just can't go that long right like it's LCDs don't handle Now, to that. be fair, like when we're at like thirty frames per second and above, oh yeah, it was great. It worked worked awesome. Yeah. If you, it's still, it still blanked out sometimes, yeah. right? It depended on the game. Some games, the, the engine is very good about not hitching right. like that. So then it was a very fluid experience. You could, you know, like and I think in, in those instances, I think is really uh, good. Like yeah, like we we played a lot of games. We had the Nvidia Pendulum demo. Yep. Right. That we had that allowed us to switch between VSync. On VSync off and G-Sync back and forth, so we could we could clearly see it. You know, it was definitely very, working. Very few people, other than those of us in this room, have seen as many different variable refresh displays. Yeah, right. Outside of Nvidia, pretty much all of them um, actually. And so, it's like, we knew it was working. We know it's working, and it was the yeah. sub thirty frames per second experience that that started to degrade, but the above thirty frames per second experience could clearly be seen as a good experience yep. if you could get rid of that blanking issue and then ken was googling around once we saw what tcon was in there and he's like oh wait hey try to make a custom profile and clock this thing at 100 hertz refresh and it does that too i, so, I did hear um apparently from jj who said that if you overclock it that yeah. you start to change the color properties of the display and it may not be as color accurate at 100 hertz as yeah. it would be at 75 i could see that um but still an interesting yeah bit of uh because it. it is a 75 hertz panel but just the fact that you're going even faster, like it made it even a cooler thing, right? It's like, wow, it's a G-Sync panel. So, so in our talk with NVIDIA, like they, they were very, they were, they weren't very upfront about it, but they were reluctantly upfront that yes, mobile G-Sync is going to be a thing. Yep. Here's why you are seeing it now because of the the alpha driver, because of you know trying to work with partners to test this stuff. Yeah. Um, now we got into the we, the the main debate with all of this is. So does this mean a G-Sync module is not necessary? Does it mean a G-Sync module is not necessary today, tomorrow, or next year? Right. Right? Because NVIDIA did say that it is very – I think it's – we can assume now that mobile G-Sync when it launches will not include a G-Sync module. Correct. There will not be a G-Sync module between, in the display or on the motherboard. Mm -hmm. And they are going to use a variation of DisplayPort 1.2a's adaptive sync yep. capability – that was, and, that was kind of previously in there, right? And some kind of coordination with the guys making the TCON. Yeah, so you would imagine maybe they would uh, certify certain TCONs to work. Yeah. Will those like will they have a solution to the lack of a of a buffer? 
on it? Or will they... Yeah, I'm not sure where they're Will go they there. go with, okay, you know what? Mobile G-Sync is not as good of an experience as desktop G-Sync. Yeah. And kind of go with it at that, saying, you know what? Underneath 30 or 20 or whatever it happens to be at that time, you're going to have different issues. Yeah. And so try not to go there. Hopefully not the blanking. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That the blank, the, the flickers <laughs> would be the, the blanking. Obviously, can't be a thing. But the maybe, you maybe know, they will, let it flicker. Will they let it flicker, or will they go the route of AMD and start enabling disabling VSync above and beyond? It, se- it seems it? to me that they're trying to avoid that. They like, they seem very much to be they, trying to like avoid they that. really don't want to do that. From what I gather. Um, so so what yeah. do we make of the uh, the kind of again there was this rumbling of oh, Nvidia yeah you lied never needed it all along. well there, there's this rumbling about Nvidia lied they didn't you, about the GTX 970 and now oh, we well, kind of yeah. immediately followed it up in the same week with oh, Nvidia lied you never needed a G Sync module to make it work it's just uh, uh it's drm to make sure that the models yeah, yeah. only work with their parts and, no that's not true either and all that stuff <laughs> they say it's not true and they say they're not actually making money on the hardware now i don't know what the licensing fee is there's something on there yeah um but i i think the the conclusion that we walked away with from this conversation was that and actually i say this in the in the article is that they they talk about the future of G-Sync, even in a desktop environment. They don't know if they're going to need – if they're going to use the current module. There's going to be a new G-Sync module. Right. Or maybe there will be no module. They're not sure yet what the future of it holds. But there's no denying that in order for the products to exist today, the G-Sync monitors that are out there and have been for sale for months and months and months yep. would not have been possible without a module. That's true. Because the, the technology to do VRR was not in any panel or TCON for the desktop market at all. Right. So it was necessary then. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, as AMD FreeSync will come out in the next month or two, Yep. right? I think. I've been saying that for like six months, I feel. But it will come out in the next month or two, <laughs> and it will deliver an experience, I'm guessing, very similar to what we saw in that notebook yeah. without the blanking. Right. Right. Where sub 25 frames per second, you're going to have it would probably, well, something for free that's going to be an issue. For FreeSync, it would just, uh, from what we understand, from what we've been told, right. it, just, it would revert back to, to V-Sync your VSync setting, whatever right. that so setting it, is. It, right? will, it will have some way to handle below 25 or 30. Yeah. Uh, and it will have some way to handle above its maximum refresh rate. Yep. Same kind of thing. And it will have a setting. pretty good experience there in the middle. Yeah. So now the question will be is, how much are those monitors, and how do they compare to G-Sync? Can NVIDIA prove to us that there's still an advantage worth having the G-Sync module for? Right. Especially if your monitors are going to be $200 more. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, that is a, an, an honest question to be raised from this. Right? And, and clearly, NVIDIA is already looking at it because they have it, they have it on there. Yep. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that, that kind of came out of this. Uh, I mean, that is all going to boil down to it, but uh, it just it kind of cracks me up how so many people are trying to say that FreeSync and G-Sync are the same thing when it's, I mean, it really are. is apples to oranges. No, in the, in the it's, middle, not, it's not apples to In the middle, it's the same thing. It's apples to granny apples. Like, I guess. They're, they're, they're way more similar than they are different, right? The, the sub-30, we have a buffer, we're going we're gonna to make it a better experience for you is definitely there. Right, it's better. It's yeah. better on G Sync. That, that's what's driving my point there. That it's not the same thing. Right? But the number of times you should be gaming under thirty frames per second, yeah, should be close to zero. Right. It. it otherwise, you're not a very good gamer. But my you're other not, concern, you're not changing the settings in an appropriate fashion. My other concern is that hitching thing. 
Like when a game engine hitches, you also sure. for a split second, right? And you are either going to gonna, tear get or judder. You uh, won't get the blanking. Yeah. Right? But you're either going to tear or judder. You're talking about when you get like a sudden drop to zero? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, G-Sync doesn't do that great. They flicker. That's true. Right? It does so I, and we don't know what that experience is like on a FreeSync monitor yet. I mean, we, right. we have all the test cases set up for us to look at now. Yeah. But we don't know what that's going to be. Yeah, we don't know. Like, they could magically come up with, like, it could be awesome. It could below be. Below 30. They could come up with some perfect solution for yep. that that works just like G-Sync does. And, and, and it's possible, and NVIDIA kind of alluded to in our, in our talks, is like, hey, there's more capability in that G-Sync module, or we plan to introduce more capability into the G-Sync module than just variable refresh rate. Yeah. So that would be a reason for them to kind of push forward the G-Sync brand, push forward with, you know, custom hardware, and see what they get out of it. But sure, um, it's uh, Camhor acceleration. What? Yeah, it's it's oh. it's. No, it's not Camhor acceleration. Jeremy, you want to explain the reference to me? <laughs> if you have to explain it, it's not going to be funny. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right, I don't. Josh and I enjoyed it. Ken seems to as well. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. Uh, I get it. <laughs> those are those are two very different things. Um, so uh, go to, go to the website. Go to PCPro.com. Look for the mobile G Sync confirmed and tested with leaked Alpha driver story. Um, there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, and don't run out and buy one of those laptops because it is not. A, yeah, a pleasurable, yeah, yeah. We say uh, that in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. We want to touch base on the GTX 970 issue quickly again. Last week we talked about all the problems about uh, NVIDIA's GTX 970 having a 3.5 gig pool and a 500 meg pool. Um, we, we did some testing on it last week. We did talk about that testing. Yep. The first the first round of testing, the single GPU testing, and that testing didn't show that big of a difference. Uh, not really. Right. Uh, and people but the argument is, SLI hey, SLI, SLI this. Yeah. yeah. No, so the, the issue was when we when we when we Jacked up the, the settings, yep. you're gaming at like 20 to 25 frames per second, which nobody should do, which we've already discussed. Right? You should not do that. However, if you have SLI, if you have two 970s, then maybe you're running that at 45 frames per second, and that's something that you might actually want to do. You may be willing that's to true. sacrifice you know, running at 40, 50, 55 frames per second in order for that top image quality. It uh, just depends on what you want to do. So we, we did run through some SLI testing with the same two games we did before, Battlefield 4 and Call of Duty. Uh, Advanced Warfare, not the original Call of Duty. And uh, the results are interesting and slightly different than what we saw with the single GPU. Um, so, like, here's Battlefield 4. We'll start with that. Memory scaling actually goes up, again, kind of in line with each other, comparing the 980 SLI to the 970 SLI. Um, the, uh, the set, they kind of scale. Here you go. You can see here's, like, the 980s. We're using... We're running it... Keep in mind, we're running it 4K. As a base. And then... We're multiplying that by a multiple of 1. 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5x. Yeah. So we're going up to 6K super sampling, Going to a display that nobody has. Well, you're super sampling. Yeah. Right? Up to, up to 6K, and, and it, the Battlefield engine has that kind of built into it. Now, at 150%, mm-hmm. at, the, at the highest setting, the two 980s run at like 27, 28 frames per second. So... Still not fantastic. Sure. But, you know, you're getting above 35 or 40 with the 1.2x scaling. And you can see where we're at with the 970s. And the differences actually are very consistent. 15%, 15%, 13%, 12%, 13%. When we compare 980 SLI to 970 SLI. Okay. Right? So that's, 
that's actually a good sign. Right? And, that, and that game. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it's showing consistency there. But what you'll notice is um, if you look at these two graphs, pay attention to the, the fluorescent green is really the one that stands out the most for more ways. Like, it, keep, keep a look at how kind of the thickness of this line is. You get a couple of spikes in there. Um, keep a look at the kind of the consistency is there. And then look at it on the 970s. It is significantly yeah. less consistent on the 970s in SLI That's true. than on the 980s. And although it's harder to see, the gray line that represents the 1.4x is actually uh, wider as well. And that gets represented in these two graphs. Uh, the 980s in SLI at the 1.5x scaling, again, way too much work for these GPUs to be going through, really. Uh, at the 90th percentile, right, so if you look at only the last, the worst 10% of frames rendered yep. during this 60-second span, you're looking at a frame variance of about 5 to 7 milliseconds or so. Okay. Right? And then it, obviously it goes up from there, and you can clearly see that it, that it spikes very highly at the, at the higher percentiles. But if you look at it on the 970s, at that same 90th percentile, instead of 5 to 7 milliseconds, we're actually almost at 20 milliseconds. We're like at 18 or 19 milliseconds. That's definitely a difference. And that's a difference that you would be able to see and feel in a game. Okay, and there's an awful lot more area under that curve. Yes, as well, right? Yes. There's, so, just overall, Calculus, buddy. there's yeah, there, there's there's more of the time where you're going to. But you have to set a limit because otherwise it would go off to. Oh infinity. sure, sure. <laughs> That's true. Uh, From n to infinity. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there is a significant more. Uh, there's significant more variance in frame times there, which would, which you would perceive as stutter or judder or whatever you want. How, to how did that feel actually playing? It was not that bad, honestly. Okay. Right in Battlefield, it, it looks worse on the graphs than it actually felt. Interestingly, the the next game is is very different than that. Okay. Um, when we looked at Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare, this is running at 25 by 14, so a more reasonable resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, but the settings are again like super jacked up. Now, here's what's interesting. If you look at uh, the frames per second percentile, right, the average frame rate comparing the uh, 970 SLI, uh, let's see, the, at the ultra settings here, you've got this blue and this dark green down here at the bottom. They're very close. Like, their average frame rate is very close. Yeah. But if you look at these graphs, you get this wild-looking collection of, of One lines. One of those is kind of all over the place. Now, the, the dark green is the 980s, and the dark blue in the background is the 970s. And what you'll see is there seems to be a lot more kind of up and down in the 970 than in the 980. Okay. And when you look at it, it doesn't actually show up that much. Right. Like, the, the variance is fairly, you know, it's it's okay. It's, it's, it's higher than we would like if we were actually doing a review of these products sure. from, from the ground up, right? You're looking at 7 to 8 milliseconds, but the difference between the 980 and 970 SLI uh, isn't very dramatic in that graph. Right. But... My experience with it is that the 970s were significantly more juddery. Yeah, it just than felt the 90s. waggy. It just like, felt different. It yeah. felt not as good. Okay. And it's hard to, ex you know, this is why we do both versions. It's why we show up the data and it's why we talk about it and write about the actual experience. Right. Um, because clearly the, the 970s were not as good of experience in data for the Battlefield 4 results and in experience for, for Call of Duty. But I. Again, the, the settings that we're testing that at, we're looking at frame rates somewhat playable, 55 frames per second or so. Sure. Right? But we have 2x super sampling on, which is, which is to be honest with you, almost a feature that I never have ever, ever enabled in a game. Right? Because the, 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 
the cost to performance versus yeah. quality is 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 a is a bad trade off in my opinion. Right. Um, but we did it so we could push the memory usage up to to its maximum amount. It's there's more differences here with SLI than with single GPU, but it's still hard for me to change my opinion because you are for Battlefield Four you're running at six K. Yeah. Not a relevant use case sure for battlefield 4 you're running at 25 by 14 you mean uh, uh i'm sorry for call of duty you're running at 25 by 14 thank yeah. you but uh you're, you're you're turning on super sampling. if you turn off super sampling it's significantly better right like if you turn off super sampling you're getting frame rates of like 140 yeah right that is a huge gap to go from 140 to 55 uh and the consistency there is is fantastic you're looking at under two or three milliseconds Maximum frame variance. So I mean, it's it's looking those. like it's looking like to really see this effect, you have to be trying to make it happen. It feels like that to me. Like, now I know there are a lot of people out there that are listening to this, or are, are, are gamers, or in forums say that's not the case. Well, there's some other games that supposedly it shows there, there are. There, I'm sure there are other. I'm, I'm sure you can make it happen with almost any game if you try. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really no, apparently, if you mod Skyrim to the point where it's just about to die, then yes, you're going to see a huge difference. On the other hand you've modded Skyrim to the point where it's utterly and completely insane. And as far as the usage scenario goes, it's great. It's great for testing to say that, yeah. hey, there are occasions where there can be an issue, but you're, you're kind of purposefully making an issue. It doesn't matter what card you're running on. With a hundred and some mods added on there, yeah, you're, you're going to sort of see that. Yeah. But, I mean, what's the worst performance difference you saw? Maybe 30%, yeah. 35% at the very outside? Yeah. What's the... Uh, price difference between a 980 and a 970? Uh, $200 or so. Yeah, so still within the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, about the same amount. I think I said this uh, on Twitch last week or whatever. It was like, you know, if you're upset, like, I get it. But if you're not upset, I get that too. Yeah. Like, like the performance is still the same. Nothing changed that day you found out. It's crappy. They shouldn't have done it. They should have been much more upfront about the memory configuration. Uh, Hopefully they've learned a lesson. Um, I don't know if they have. I mean, you know, we'll see as the years go on. Um, but, you know, if you're AMD, you're taking advantage of it. You are uh, you're lowering the price of the 290X. You can get some R- Radeon R9 290X cards for $299 now it's with true. a rebate, which is a fantastic deal, right, in terms of performance per dollar. They also did a whole, like, uh, campaign last week uh, where... For 970 minutes? I want my, I wa- four, I want my four gig. I want my four yeah. gigabytes. <laughs> four gigabytes means four gigabytes. You know, things like that. And they're, they're trying to take advantage of it, as they should, right? I mean, that's that's their job as, a, good marketing. as a marketing team, right? Yeah. Um, we will see as the months progress whether or not sales are affected by this. How many people actually go through the trouble of trying to get a refund and start a lawsuit or sign a petition? Yeah. Because that's real difficult to do on the internet. But... Uh, yeah, Damn, that 290x is looking attractive. It's, I mean, it really is a 299. It really is. It really is because that's competitive with the 280 or with the 980, rather. Yeah. Right. Oh hell yeah. And it's almost half the price. You know, a little bit more than half the it's price. True. But anyway, let's move on to some other crap. Uh, Arm, Ace, Arm, Arm A72 was announced mm-hmm. this week. What's interesting yes. about that and the Molly T880? I don't know. Cool, let's move on to the next story. Exactly. No, you know, Arm is, uh, they're kind of an interesting little company. And I say little because it is. It's still a small company. It's going to do 
yeah. AMD and Intel, they're, they're small. All they do is, is they develop IP and then they license it. They license it to everybody. Their devices are, well, their, their designs are in billions of devices that everyone likes to talk about, <clears throat> including us, apparently. But anyway, they're talking about their next generation of core technology, which is to be the Cortex A72. Now, this will be a higher end. 64-bit core that will be faster than the current A15 and A57 products. Uh, it's going to be, well, you know, they didn't go into the architecture really at all. They talked some pretty general things like, hey, this is going to be 3.5 times faster than the Cortex-A15. It's going to be 40% more efficient uh, in the same workload. And stuff like that, because they've tweaked the architecture, obviously. But the big thing is they're finally moving down to 16 nanometer FinFET process technology. And this initially will be provided by TSMC. Um, they've already got 10 licensees for this. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a product that we will see in 2016. Um, I, you probably remember years and years ago. Well, not years and years, but... Uh, when ARM would would introduce a new Cortex core, it would sometimes take two to three years to get it to market, and that was something that that people were always really confused about. Is they'd they'd go to these meetings, they'd get the documentation, they'd write it up, and they'd look at what's currently in their phones and their tablets and see what's on paper. And the ARM guys say, yeah, it's, it's going to be two and a half, three years away before you actually see that. People in, the, people in the chat room are saying that you are apparently using more than 3.5 gigabytes of your frame buffer right now. I think so, because am I stuttering and lagging? <laughs> Just a little. Just a little, yeah. Just a small amount. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they've improved upon that when they delivered the A53 and A57, and they're looking to do that again with the A72. So it's going to be about a year before we start seeing products on this. Um, and again, the, the big jump is going to be using the 16 nanometer plus technology from TSMC. Now, this is a product that is not in production yet, obviously. Um, TSMC is still in some of the early stages of this line. It's not even in risk production like uh, 20 nanometer planar essentially is. Or is it? No, it's it's a little bit above no. that. But anyway, it's frustrating because they do not talk about any of the architecture. Uh, there are two other components that they did release a little bit of information on. The Mali T88 880, which is a successor to the the T700 series. Again, they didn't discuss anything about it other than it's a shrink to 16 nanometer FinFET Plus. Uh, no talk about uh, open CL support, what level open GL, direct 3D, is, is it going to be a D3D12 hmm. compliant part? None of that information was released. They just again say, hey, this is going to be 1.7 times faster than a previous generation part. 
it's going to be bigger, wider. They can pack more transistors in that 16 nanometers compared to 28 nanometer and even the 20 nanometer planar. That I like the Exynos 5435, 5433. These people and their names and the uh, Apple A8 are currently being produced on. So uh, the last part is what the CCI 550 or 500. Uh, it is 500. the the Northridge that essentially glues it all together and provides a whole bunch more memory bandwidth as compared to the CCI 400 of the current generation that is shipping, namely the Cortex-A53, A57 chips. And uh, apparently it's going to be very flexible. It's going to be supporting Big Little. You can have a couple of extra um, video processors hanging off of it, and it does it at lower power, better efficiency, and higher performance. So... You guys know as much as I do. Sure, I, I talked about stuff, and I guess the one thing that we should take out of this is that it's kind of interesting to see where performance is being placed. So back in the Stone Age, we had mainframes, and everybody was working off terminals. And then we went to the PCs, where all the performance was there. And then we started getting into cloud computing. Well, cloud computing is not... not something that ARM wants to rely on specifically. They would like to be able to continue to develop performance, low-power products that will keep a lot of that performance just in your hands rather than handing it off to the cloud. And also, if you think about it, not everywhere in the world has excellent connect connectivity. So, <laughs> uh, Wyoming. <laughs> it's just the irony there is is yeah. fairly substantial actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's it's in arms best interest Intel and AMDs to keep a reason for people to upgrade their products year after year by providing a reason to do it and that would be performance. So it's kind of interesting to see how that needle swings back and forth about what processing power will be. Very cool. Um I don't know when they're going to talk more about it. I would like to know more about the architecture there, but... Don't we have, like, an ISSC coming up later this month? Maybe Mobile World Congress is this yep. month, yeah. too. Probably Mobile World Congress. Be good. Be good spot for it. Uh, yeah. I do want to make a quick hold here for a correction um, that I was sent from an anonymous user about the TCON in a panel self-refresh display mm -hmm. has a buffer already. It has to have a buffer equal to or greater than the size of the image that it is going to display based on the resolution of the panel because the GPU actually gets turned off when, you, when the panel is doing self-refresh. So it has to store that data someplace. So it has a buffer in it. Nowhere near this is as substantial as the 768 megs on a G-Sync module. It's weird because what I read about the panel self-refresh is that it has to ask for the frame again from the GPU. Well, that would be dumb. If it had to ask for the GPU, then the GPU can't shut down. That's just... I, just I'm saying. told by a, a reliable source that, okay. that the T-Cons, the support panel... Sources familiar with the situation. So. Yeah. People close <laughs> to the matter indicate that it has some cache on it. Okay. Not, not to the size of what G-Sync has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it has enough in order to do some of that. So maybe you could algorithmically figure that out with a TCON provider. Yeah, you could. As well. The TCON would have to figure it out properly. 
like on its own. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're disconnect yeah. if the, if, if the to, point is to disconnect it from the GPU, then it has right, to figure it right. out on its own. But if you can not disconnect from the GPU, yeah, because you're not concerned about power, mm-hmm. but you can then communicate like, hey, send that frame again. I don't have one ready for you. Maybe yeah, you yeah. send that signal instead. Maybe you'd be able to do that. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Always looking, always researching on the phone, always, always getting hot scoops. Um, move on to the next story here. Uh, actually, it looks like you left something off the rundown here because we're going to talk about the uh, Gigabyte Bricks S Broadwell Ultra Compact PC. Where is that thing? I don't know. Oh, no, Hans Bricks? But we'll talk about it quickly so we don't screw up the, the, the rundown there. This is a Bricks based on Broadwell, as the name would imply. Yep. We saw this for the first time at CES. <clears throat> it looks like it's that, it's that guy in the middle. A brick. Right there. It does. Also named after Bricks. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a name. It's not just a clever, let's shape it like a brick and then make it an X because we're cool. It was already an X because... Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, on the left side here, you have the Ivy Bridge Nook, the original Nook device. You've got the new Broadwell one on the right. You've actually got Gigabyte's Bricks Pro that has Haswell and Iris Pro graphics, which was a – was that a 65-watt TDP part? I think it was. I think so. Um, which it was loud. It wasn't a great yeah. user experience. It was loud. Um, so interestingly, here's, here's the device. Notice there's an NFC chip up top. We'll talk about that as well but it has a core i7-5500u broadwell processor uh it has two sodim slots for ddr3l it has integrated hd graphics 5500 it has an m sata port and a two and a half inch sata connection so you can actually fit both an m sata drive and a two and a half inch hard drive or ssd in there if you want it's got gigabit lan it comes with uh in the m.2 slot pre-populated with an intel 3160 802.11ac wireless and Bluetooth card. Uh, it has four USB 3.0 ports, uh, mic input/output, HDMI, mini display port, Kensington lock. Yeah, which is important. And then NFC. Um, it has an MSRP of five hundred nine dollars, which is pricey. Sure. When, when you look at something that size, you don't think it's going to be super expensive. But keep in mind that this is like that's the top end kind of ultrabook components. Yeah. Basically. All crammed in a box. All crammed into this little box. Um, That's can, like a $1,600 laptop. That's true. Yeah. But it's, with a laptop, you get a panel and memory and a hard drive. With this, so you is don't. the NFC so that you can pay for movies just by tapping your phone? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in theory... If the application support was there, sure. Yeah, NFC's Because that's what I'm, I'm asking. The NFC, yeah, it's neat to add, but why? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think there are more use cases for this on in, in international uh, sure. environments. You know, Japan, Korea. They seem like that's a normal thing for them. New, NFC for us is very scary because we're Americans and we don't trust any of you people. But uh, so they actually ship with the device a. Uh, I don't have a picture of it in here, which is really dumb. Uh, an NFC. What do they call it? A um, tag. Tag. It's a tag. Yeah. Which is like something you put on your keychain or whatever. Um, and they give you an application that allows you to program it and read it. Mm-hmm. Now, the Gigabyte application here only allows you to program it to either A, open a specific file on Windows, or B, open a specific web address. Sure. Or whatever, right? But, so, but you so could, could totally say, here, check out this great movie I've seen, tap, and away it goes. If you, you could, put it doesn't hold the file. It doesn't hold the files. Right. No, the card. No, no, the, the tag doesn't hold any data. It holds very it holds little a data. String. It's a string yeah. and a mime type. 
Oh, it, so here's an Earl I like. Correct. Tap, like a YouTuber yeah. with me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. And then you can just make it go to either porn or uh, the uh, Rickroll video. Your choice. Yeah, that'd be good. But uh, it, that would be great now if they didn't put ads in front of all the Rickroll videos because it totally defeats the purpose now. That's true. But so what, what you could do if you were clever, like you write a batch script – Right, that opens up a bunch of things or does something in Windows, that would be and cool. then you, and you can just it double click it, and you can just double click it, or <laughs> double, you can use this and do that. Uh, or if you know is your favorite porn video, Josh, you could put it on there. I don't watch that. Hmm. He's looking down. What's he looking down just, at? Just the cam girls porn. Ah, oh, right, yeah, right. Well, that's why he's got that nice pink tone to his butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see more with this. You know, you should be able to use it with your phone or whatever if you have the right application as well. Yeah, but. I, I feel like what I want to see is uh, uh, when I get to the machine, I put my phone on it and it logs in. That'd right? be cool. I think I've seen that before. Doesn't the Asus NFC device that comes with their Z97 boards, I think that had that as a capability. Well, it's, it's all software support. It's all software yeah. support, right? Yeah, it's not a hardware it thing at this point. So, right. um, But anyway, moving on. If, if you break up this thing, if you break it open, <laughs> don't break up with it. It would be very sad. It is a bare-bones device. So it ships with the processor and the wireless, but it doesn't come with storage or your memory. Yep. Right? So for this, Gigabyte sent along uh, a Kingston 120 gig SSD now, like kind of an older series. So that's an MSATA port. MSATA SSD right there, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, two 4-gigabyte DIMMs of Kingston HyperX Impact, you know, mobility DDR3L power stuff and then you'll see here you've got your sata connection it's actually just a cable that's taped down uh but then on the lid or i guess actually it's the bottom you can install two and a half inch hard drive or ssd so for storage options it's pretty cool you can either use just an m sata yeah you can use just a two and a half inch ssd or hard drive if you want or you can use both yeah right and and, and it has the capability to support that's a lot of storage crammed into that little box i mean you can get what a two terabyte you can drive like there and you could get you know a 500 gig msata drive or something. one terabyte yeah but i'm just saying like if you're looking reasonably <laughs> right you could get a, a really powerful well, 500 system. gig is talking the same price as the bricks itself for the storage well that's true that's true <laughs> also i looked it up yeah that uh processor has a 400 dollars trade price oh. really yeah the 5500u has a 400 trade price okay so you know now you go now you know why it's 509 dollars Okay. Right. It's a bargain. The rest of it's pretty cheap. If you take the yeah. motherboard out, this is what the fan looks like. It's a blower-style fan, but it is significantly quieter than the Brix Pro we've used. Yeah, runs very low RPM. Uh, right? I mean, Ken, you were the one doing the benchmarking. Was it even really noticeable in benchmarking? Not I mean, really. it was sitting on the desk next to you. Yeah, you know, so, not so really. It's very yeah. quiet. Uh, performance-wise, it was interesting to look at this because this is the first time we've seen Broadwell U. Yep. Broadwell Y is Core M. Mm-hmm. Broadwell U is the Core i5, i7, i3 lineup or whatever. Yeah, the, um, the higher power one. Yeah, 15, this is a 15-watt t- TDP part. I think they also released a 28. Okay. I think that was those were the two they released. But for this, this is a 15-watt part. And we compared it to the Intel Nook, which is using a Core i5-4250, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of kind of low-power parts. Interestingly, this one at the bottom, it's really not that fair to AMD, but uh, it's an A10-5800K Trinity. Right. That came out like at the end of 2012, I think, Josh. Yeah, about then. But it's interesting because it's a 100-watt APU hmm. right? versus a 15-watt processor in all the other Which ones, looks very similar in performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So you actually see sizable jumps in like our CPU arithmetic test. The memory bandwidth is – this hasn't changed. Basically, look at like Sandy Bridge, 17 gigs per second. Haswell, 17. You know, no, that's changed really. Well, I mean it's still – 
two channel, and right? it's still DDR three. It's still DDR three. Yeah, I so, know. It's just you know. it's disappointing. Um, multimedia performance is there. It's good. Single threaded performance better than Haswell. Multi threaded performance better than Haswell. Cool. You can see it's it's actually beating that Trinity device. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there as well. Handbrake better performance. X two six four better performance. Graphics performance is way better. Actually, you're talking about like a graphics score of 51,000 for Broadwell, 35,000 for Haswell. Yeah. Now, keep in mind that we're comparing a Core i7 Broadwell to a Core i5 Haswell. Okay. But. It's the same graphics no, portion, isn't it? It's, it's the lower end graphics portion because this is a 5,500, whereas the i5-4250 had the 5,000. Right. Which uh, yes, so it, in its class, yeah. in its generation, it's one step lower, but it is better because it is a new generation yeah. of graphics. But um, but also keep in mind that the Core i7 here, this is still a dual core hyperthreaded part. It's mm-hmm. not a quad core part, right? So it's not we're not comparing dual core to quad core. It's dual core to dual core, both hyperthreaded. Mm-hmm. So the it's kind of annoying because it used to be the designation between i5 and i7 was. That's true. Dual core to quad core. Yeah. Well, because they weren't releasing any quad core parts, they didn't want to not have a core i7 skews. Well, or I, I don't think they SKUs. have a quad core in this power envelope, anyways. No, they don't. No, they but don't. But they never released a core i7 in this power yeah, envelope before. Yeah, I don't did. think they did. Yeah, because the core, core i7, i7 ultra books. Uh, I think they, they were they, higher they, power. They might have been twenty-eight no. or thirty uh, watts yeah. or something. You can look it up. I Maybe I was wrong, but be kind of. I just yeah. wanted to, like I, I I wanted people to understand that I I know I'm comparing Core i7 to Core i5, but they they share the same TDP and very similar specifications. Right. So, um, it's actually it's actually pretty impressive. Uh, like take a look at this graphics score here, CloudGate, which is a much more intensive one. You know the the graphics score is 67.99 for Broadwell and 62.99 for Trinity. That's a hundred watt. Again, what how many is that? One or two generations back, Josh? One generation back of APU? Two. Is it two? It's very rich than Trinity. Correct. Okay. So two-generation old part. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's not super fair to AMD. This is just a number that I happen to have bundled into the Excel sheet already, and it gives you some idea of relative performance. Um, and, and so, you know, in, Intel still has a ways to go, but they are improving yep. in that in that area. Uh, power consumption-wise, <laughs> kind of surprising. The, bro- the, the Bricks is actually using more power than the Nook. Hmm. Right, and again, I think this is the i7 versus i5. The clock speeds are fairly similar. Yeah. Um, it, but it's it's just kind of interesting to to compare there. Um, it was like I said, it was, this one was pretty quiet. The, the, I think the main problem with this is to build the system as we built it with only a uh, 120 gig MSATA drive and yep. eight gigs of memory. You're looking at 750 dollars, which is not cheap. Right. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this or read the review and go, "Hey, I could build a pretty good." Desktop. Budget desktop PC. If you go full, you know, full size ATX for seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred dollars. Well, part of what and you're you paying can use for it this is the size, GPU. right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Josh or Jeremy, is this is this platform interest you in any way? Like either for your personal lives or maybe even at, at where you work? Is this something that people are interested in? These kind of super small form factor designs. They skip really nicely across a lake. Yeah, but then you just threw a seven hundred fifty dollar rock in the world. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? You only live once. Um, you know why? Why? Okay, for the environments I've worked in, mm-hmm. either you had a big box that you could expand and uh, do it cheaply and get a lot of stuff in there, lots of memory, lots of processor, big video card, 
And the other place I'm working at now is is everybody just does laptops. They can take them home with them. The latest Core i5, i7, 4000 series does perfectly fine for the type of work that they do. And so this kind of fits into a strange little place. Well, some would call it a niche. Ugh. But... I mean, yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna sell boatloads off the rack. But there, yeah. there are people who will strap one to the back of their TV. There are gonna be those who just want a really clean desk and yeah. uh, still have pretty good performance. I mean, I mean I, like I our do, friend Sebastian. Yeah, he likes clean. Yep. I mean, I, I I do want to say like you are getting, especially with the move to Broadwell. Yeah. And like I'd say an average of twenty to twenty five percent better performance than the Haswell Nooks. You are getting performance that is gonna be good for almost any user that's not a gamer. Or that's doing like video editing. Yeah. Right? You're, if you're browsing the internet, if you're doing Excel work, even I think well, moderately heavy Excel Well, or SPSS or R or Ruby or like a lot of statistical stuff. Again, it's going to thrash the hell out of that processor and get a little toastier worm that that's the form factor You included Ruby in that? Yeah, well, the database sizes on those. You could do web development on this. Not Ruby on Rails. You could do Rails, the stats program. I mean, you're... I don't know. I, I, I would consider this good for almost – for a lot of those cases. If you want to do web development on something, like this is going to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, no, you you shouldn't do enterprise-level database work <laughs> on it either. Where is the server? Oh, it's right there, Bob, and it's like the bricks. Just <laughs> yeah, but if that that's one. the case, then I need something a lot less powerful because I'm just talking to the server and making it run it. Well, but like say you have – like. We use – I use Excel to make graphs of you know 172,000 data point sets from our deck, right? That might have a hard time. No, I think it's just fine because my system is a dual core. No, it's a quad core, not hyper threaded. Uh, before Haswell Ivy. was Ivy Bridge, I think. Mine's like an Ivy Bridge system. Oh, okay. And it's now I have tons of stuff open at the same time on two 30 inch monitors and I've always got video playing and all the other stuff. Sure. I think this would, if I wouldn't think less of myself for having this as my only primary computer, like this could be like my primary computer, I bet. <laughs> It doesn't have doesn't have the outputs for two thirty inch monitors though. That's true. Unless I get one of those infamous DisplayPort MST hubs that mm. never existed and will never exist. I no, don't they know. exist. They never they, exist. They're all over the place. No, they never. For hundred bucks. They're not all over the place, but they exist. They exist. I've, I've seen them on Newegg and Amazon in stock. So you'll have something bigger than the brick sitting next to it to right. fan it out to all your displays. Yeah, so this is a dumb idea. Uh, anyway, check out that review at PCPro.com. We've got a video of it as well. Um, the, o- the one negative I'll say that Gigabyte needs to work on is the top of that thing where you know you were supposed to put your phone or tags or whatever. It scratches the hell. It got scuffed up really easily, like setting it on a piece of foam board that we use to take pictures. And the foam board is not made of rock. The, so, the paper foam board? Yeah, that foam board right there. We the set it on scratched it. it. I, I imagine there's like dirt particles on it or something guess, that maybe are doing it. There'll be dirt particles on the bottom of your phone that you yeah, set on exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that I would like to see some improvement in there. Um, but uh, still pretty neat device. We have the Intel uh, Broadwell Nook. It's a Core i5, uh, right, Ken, the Nook we have? Yeah. So we'll, that'll, that, we'll talk about that review next week. I should have that up as well. Uh, let's move on to the next story that's actually in the rundown. Jeremy, what do you know about the uh, AMD... Godavari. Godzilla. You gotta you no, know, you gotta you gotta sing it. Godavari Damansi. Godavari. Godavari. So Godavari. is that how we're pronouncing it? Godavari? Is that is that 
Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know that particular river system. Although I do know that AMD loves naming their stuff off of uh, loves them water some, right now. Some, some rivers. <laughs> yeah. So what, what did we learn from uh, Sebastian's news story here? Anything interesting? Uh, you know, really not much apart from, hey, uh, we've got some 95-watt parts that are going to come out at a really nice price. Uh, like quad cores under 100 bucks. So anyone who bought one of those Celerons that doesn't quite run uh, Far Cry 4... This may well help you. Mm. I apart from that, there's there's nothing really huge. There's nothing really surprising, at least that I noticed uh, coming out oh. of it. The the top ones uh, with the R7 branding for the Radeons. Mm-hmm. This this is kind of interesting, especially the 65 watt parts. But you know, overall, I don't see anything earth shattering coming out of this. There's no finger shattering. It's a hundred megahertz. It's jump turbo. Alamex are the same. They're bringing that button back. Pretty much. Ooh, Alamex turbos. I like turbos. Okay, there is one big. Okay, go ahead. Decent thing. Uh, They did raise the uh, the GPU speed pretty significantly from what seven twenty to eight forty. It's eight fifty six on the top part. Eight fifty six. Yeah. So uh, you're getting actually a pretty good little chunk of performance and graphics. uh, Did the maximum memory speed stay the same? Yeah, stayed the same. Okay. Yeah. Because that's another place where had they bumped that up to twenty four hundred, you could have in theory gotten more performance out of the GPU there. As well, yeah. yeah. As a PSA, uh, use two DIMMs with your APU. That's true. Yeah, if you're gonna 4K <laughs> with this, out. don't, don't. But <laughs> it's it's lovely <laughs> to see that, and very soon we will be seeing new AMD parts. Most of these uh, are probably coming out round about the 11th. Some may have already shipped out. I think I think many people They're would argue retail yet, about the branding of new, right? The all new. I mean. They they went from seven thousand to eight thousand. Yep, mm-hmm. it's the Devil's Canyon for Kaveri. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're, God bless them. They're trying so hard to 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 make something exciting to get people excited about it. But I I thought I honestly part. hadn't read this story yet, and then Josh said it's hundred megahertz, and I went, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to come up with something down. nice to say, but nah, I tell it like it is. There you go. Yeah, but on the other hand, hey. Under a hundred bucks, extra hundred megahertz jump. This is not horrible. Yeah. So uh, I would say, what did you mention the X four eight seventy K? Now that's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. So uh, as Sebastian points out that apparently the X four eighty eight sixty K, which is a very popular part with like budget super budget PCs because yeah. it's a quad core part, has been hard to find recently. Uh, and apparently they're gonna. That's it's because the X four eight seventy K is a newer ninety five watt part, based on that. So this could be a kind of a good place for that uh, part. Looks like it's a three point seven boost, three point five base clock speed on that. No graphics, obviously. I'm sure it's on there. They're just it's not utilized. Yeah, yeah. Ninety five watt part, um, and that's apparently not going to be available till April, I guess. On the other hand, the fifty. It's only 500 megahertz lower, and it's 45 to 60 watt TDP. Uh, Better yeah. case usages for that for small form factor for yeah, quiet sure. systems. Yeah, and pretty much probably the same uh, max memory. So, yeah, you might lose a little bit of raw processing power, but overall, it's not hmm. going to hurt you that much. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. There's your CPU leaks for the week. 
moving on, Raspberry Pi 2 uh, will now support Windows. And it'll it be sure will. Free. Wait, Windows or Raspberry Pi? Windows. Windows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Windows 10. So what's why should I care about this Raspberry Pi, Jeremy? Do you have any idea? Well, it apart from the fact that they're pretty nifty, uh, there's never been a Raspberry Pi that's come out that can actually support Windows. And right now, you know, Intel just launched a, a nice little Edison processor. Mm. Which has 256 megs of RAM versus the one gig on the Raspberry Pi, and the Edison does not have an, a video output. But as you can see there, there's a full-sized HDMI on mm, this one. Yeah, right there. I, so it may be a much better version than what's already been announced for Edison, because that Win 10 is going to be pared down to the point where no G, GUI and fits in 256 megs. Yeah. With this, they've got a full gig, so it's still going to be pared down because Windows 10 sure. install is not a gig. It's not. But at the same time, you're able to grab a free developer's license, which is not supposed to be used for commercial purposes and may or may not be only good for nine months. But regardless, you can have it for free to play around with on Raspberry Pi 2 to try and see what you're doing. This is very odd news for Microsoft because yeah. Microsoft was pushing out Shark's Cove. I don't know if you guys remember Shark's Cove, but that was Microsoft, Intel, and... Uh, well, those weren't the things Circuit dancing with Co? Katy Perry? Yeah. And, and so they were going to be the Internet of Things that Microsoft would be selling as, as hardware. Ah. So by offering this support to Raspberry Pi, which you know has got a huge garnering in the market, is sort of spelling the doom for that in a way? So, you know, know, Ken, you were going to say something? Uh, the more interesting part is that this is actually like ten times more powerful because it's a quad core A7. Oh hell yeah! As opposed to the last Raspberry Pi, where you it says shit approximately six x the performance yeah. of. Uh, well, it's the a Cortex A7, nine hundred megahertz quad yeah. core. Yeah, you'll actually yeah. be able to quad do core. something with this Raspberry Pi. It has two x two x the memory of the of the last one, but it is uh, completely compatible with the first one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you so you see here, you've got go four Windows. USB ports, an Ethernet port. Audio and HDMI and USB. I don't really get what running Windows on it gets you. Uh, it makes it a lot easier for people to do SDKs. So you don't have to learn Raspbian. You don't have to play around with Linux. If you can understand Windows, you can make Windows talk to this thing without needing a translation I, between the two. I guess, but anyone that's doing this sort of stuff at least knows a little bit of Linux. Well, you know, no, I don't. But, but you, you aren't going to develop an embedded app for Raspberry Pi for maybe any other things now. application. Maybe I will now that I can run Windows on it. Just to spite you. Yeah, he will. It'll <laughs> screw around with the temperature for you. I'm going to upgrade my Hey Cortana with it. So, no, it didn't respond. Sorry. But I, it, the other thing is it just opens up the market a lot more. Raspberry has taken off so beautifully. Uh, they're still yeah. kicking around with the B and the B+. The A is not going away. There won't be an A+. But, you know, just... This market has really exploded, and now all of a sudden, even the people that are just like, well, I'm scared of Linux, or I'm scared of learning you know, various languages. Hey, play with it on Windows. You can probably just plug it in through a USB port and program it. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Our, our last bit of news, also on the SOC side of things, MediaTek did announce the MT6753. It's a 64-bit, 8-core SOC. We all needed those in our phones. Oh, yeah. So it's time for everybody to, to go ahead and get excited about that. Um, 
It's a true 8-core, 64-bit ARM SOC. Uh, it makes the rest of the details confusing, apparently. It's clocked at 1.5 gigahertz, contains an ARM Mali T720 GPU that is OpenGL ES 3.0 and OpenCL 1.2 compatible. Um, but as Scott points out in this post, if it's actually the T720, that GPU technically supports ES 3.1 and OpenCL 1.1. So those specs don't match up um so it might actually have a, a different gpu than that that they're trying to to figure out did they say josh did you read anywhere in here about um is it just using a57 plus a53 is it is it doing all a57s no no i think it's, uh, it's the big level little. okay it's uh what intended to run 1.3 to 1.7 peak yep. so is it big little i don't know i can't i can't read this tiny Tiny, uh, yes. uh, uh thing. <laughs> so the sixty-seven fifty-three is because right it's here. a true eight-core. Yeah, if if they're if they're specifying and true I'm pretty sure MediaTek was the people. Or so the it people says who, okay. It says eight X Cortex A fifty-three. Oh, okay. So they're going four or going with eight little cores uh, in this regard. Yeah, they were the ones that did eight A seven or A nine. Yes. Yes, they did. They are the ones who did that. Yes. So, you know, unlike the like the Snapdragon A10, that's going to be A57 plus A53. Um, and what's what's the other one that was announced like that? Um, there was another one recently. Oh, the the Exynos, the the new Tegra. <laughs> Uh, oh, X1. Yes. Oh, yeah. X1. That's, that's a thing. Right. Remember, uh, A57 yeah. plus A53. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, MediaTek. Not quite competing with that, but uh, going with true eight core for all those multimedia uh, mobile applications that require eight threads. And don't forget, MediaTek uh, belongs to a certain organization that we all love, know and love. China? HSA. Oh. They're oh, fully oh, HSA. They're a member of. Okay, gotcha. I was confused by where we were going with that. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into our hardware. So- no, wait, no. Before we do that, real quick, Scott did want me to mention. Uh, at GDC 2015, which will be next two no next month, first week of, yeah, of it's March. In March. First week of March. Looks like I'm going to that. Uh, GL Next Initiative will be unveiled. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter talking about uh, uh, Repi, the uh, lead dev. What the hell's his name? I'm blanking all of a sudden from Dice. Um, Johan. Yeah. Anderson. Johan Anderson. Anderson. There you go. He'll be part of it. Uh, and basically, all the guys that made Mantle. Or the devs that worked on Mantle early are all part of this panel to talk about GL Next. Cool. Which is interesting. So we'll, we'll probably learn some interesting things about that. Uh, there's a lot of DX12 stuff that's going to happen at GDC. Uh, and so I plan on being out there for several days to get a handle of this. Let's see. The talk will be presented by Valve, but it will include Epic Games, who was closely involved with DX12, Oxide Games, and EA Dice, who were early partners with the AMD on Mantle and Unity. So. A lot of interesting stuff happening. I have a feeling that it's all going to happen too quickly. I'm not going to be able to understand all of it in time. So that should Here's be an amazing program. week. should be an amazing week. Okay, now, hardware software picks of the week. Mine, ladies and gentlemen, is I have uh, – a while ago I built – I had a regular desk, and I thought that's for losers. So I built uh, an IKEA hack standing desk, which was a lack coffee table, right, with a shelf on it, and I put the monitors on. I put the sh- I put the table on top of my desk, then I put the monitors on top of the table, and uh-huh. then the keyboard on the shelf on the legs of it, right? Uh-huh. And it worked. It worked actually 
perfectly well for 50 bucks that it cost me to build it. The problem was... Then he wanted to sit down. After months of standing all day at work, it actually started to regress my back pain, <laughs> right, <laughs> into more pain. And so I did more reading on it. It's like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. You should sit for four hours, stand for four hours, or sit one day, stand one day. You should uh-huh. alternate. You should, you should have some, some differences there. Uh, and so I started looking into those uh, magical-powered stand-up desks. But they're all like $1,000 yep. or more, right? So uh, – and then so- somebody, I guess, linked me on Twitter when I started talking about it months and months ago about, hey, IKEA has one. It's only like $490 or 500 bucks, But you could never find it. Yeah, it's always out of stock. It was stock. never in stock anywhere. And I think it started like in Europe and they talked about it here but never really brought it out. I don't know what happened. But yeah. long story short is the uh, IKEA in Westchester finally had it in stock. So I went up there yesterday. Was it yesterday? Uh, two days ago. Two days ago. Sunday. Was it? Or Monday. It was Monday. Monday. I went up there. It's important that we get this right. Uh, and bought for $489 the Bacant sit-stand desk, right? And so it's basically the, the Bacant or Bacant or we're going to go with Bacant uh, is a standard tabletop set that they have right there. You can figure in thousands of different ways. Yeah. Except that one has uh, one of your actuators. What's new is the legs here that have actuators they, uh, they got beef. that go from that to that. Look at that. Boom. Boom. Boom, it actually goes boom, even lower than, than at the low picture because, like, you can see that there's that division there in the leg. Like, it actually goes oh, like yeah. another few inches lower even. I didn't get that fancy chair, though. So, no. so what, that you're bragging about your limbo skills there, all? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. We're limboing under the – we should do that. No, we shouldn't. No. So <laughs> it ranges – it goes from 22 inches to 48 inches, right? So there's your – your range there and it's powered. So you hit a button and it goes up and it goes down. Now the differences are like some of the thousand dollar models have preset buttons. Yeah. So like you set memory to it. So go to your, go to my low position, go to my standing position. Like those expensive car, like car seats. seats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would have been a nice feature to have, but I don't think that feature is worth $500. Right. Uh, plus I didn't have to pay shipping for those. This, I just drove up to Ikea and picked it up. Now, to be honest, 400, $489 is not an, uh, insignificant amount of money for a desk. Correct. Right. And it doesn't have any other features than this. It is a surface that you put things on that goes up and down that goes up and down. Right. And that's, that's pretty much it. There's no, we could talk about a lot of things that way, but, but, the, <laughs> but all the alternatives are twice as much money. So, and so I wanted this and I just said, screw it. I'm going to go up there and I bought it and, um, it works. I like that we we took my old desk out of the way. We put the the new desk in place. Put two Apple monitors on it, keyboard, mouse, bunch of other random accessories. Still goes up and down. And it still goes up and down. I think it has a weight limit of what did it say? Seventy kilos. Yeah. Which somebody in Canada? Today. Can you translate that for me? What's that? One hundred and forty, one hundred and thirty pounds. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. And I think those more expensive desks claim to support hundreds of pounds, multiple hundreds of pounds. But we don't have multiple hundreds. But I'm hundreds. not sitting on this desk when I... You don't have 21-inch yeah. CRTs sitting on That's there. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Now, I could go down to my basement and get those. Yeah. Uh, but that would be stupid. So, you know, maybe we'll do a little video on this. I'm not sure, other than to show you that the power button works. Really easy to put together. <clears throat> Fairly inexpensive compared to the competition. Yeah, it was like 10 minutes it was together. And it goes up really high. So if you're seven foot tall, I think it'll work for you as well. But can't support as much weight as that Raven case. It, no, I would not stand on this. I mean, <laughs> I could stand on it in its lowest position probably, and I'd feel okay. But I it's, wouldn't try to use the motor to lift me. Its tallest like position, like yeah, you would stand on it. You would basically yeah. be like doing this number. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm a six foot up. two, and I, you know, it's, it's it gets, too high. It gets 48 inches up. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's my pick. Uh, uh, if you want to sit and stand, but not at the same time, but not have to move stuff around to do it. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah. Also, your second pick. Oh yeah. Sorry, my second pick is this wonderful fella right here. Somebody sent me this link. Uh, did you purchase an NVIDIA GTX 970? They're doing a uh, Bursar and Fisher is doing a they're a notice of investigation. Not a class action lawsuit yet, but this is a law firm yep. that specializes in class action. They're thinking about it. And this is bad news for NVIDIA. That's true. Right. But the reason I point yeah, this out listed additionally. In- the website PC Perspective reports that the four gigs of VRAM is actually divided into two pools. Blah, 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 blah. Um, this may negatively impact performance. So, uh, first of all, F that guy for not linking to my site. That's if true. You're gonna, if you're going to use me as a reference. You're yeah. going to get me deposed. The only, gonna, link, <laughs> the only link he wants on that page is his email address. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're going to get me deposed or put me up on a witness stand, at least get me a little link. traffic. Yeah. Uh, on the backside, uh, Neil uh, J. De- Deccant. Um, Remove the Deccant. But uh, well, you don't gotta make fun of the guy. This, Josh. this is this this is really bad news for Nvidia. I think it's I think it's unwarranted, in my professional opinion. Which is probably this guy. Probably why this guy will not come depose me, <laughs> right? Because I wouldn't be on his side necessarily. Mm-hmm. But uh, there you go. That was my happy I mean, as far as the week. lawyer names go. Fisher makes sense. Bursar, well, no, you should be solicitor. Bursar's <laughs> something totally different. Hey, you know, at least Scott made a really good point. They didn't call it PC perspectives. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they're Google. At least, they're at least a step ahead of Google there. Thanks, yeah. Google. Jeremy, what do you got for us? Oh, I got some great news for you. How cool. does everyone feel about Star Wars? Eh. Yeah, that's that's totally I like a reaction. It. I like the, the humble bundle free. right now, where your money is going towards uh, UNICEF, will get you KOTOR, KOTOR 2, Jedi Knight Academy, Dark Forces, Empire at War, Dark Force 1 and 2, Battlefront, and Republic Commando, and probably something else before the end of the week for $12. Ryan, have you already your bought money this? At Star Wars and UNICEF, seriously. Does this not, am I missing this? Does this not have Dark Forces 2? That might Dark be. Forces 1 and 2. Is that what that says? I don't oh. see that. Oh, crap. No, it doesn't have the second one. Because hmm. Dark Forces Sorry, Force 2, Unleashed 2 is the first one that you had a lightsaber in, I believe. Maybe that'll be their mystery. Is that uh, right? Maybe that's the... Uh, it does say more games uh, coming soon, so maybe... Yes. Maybe so as long as you throw in 12 or more dollars, you will get those games. Uh, Whenever they are. Yeah, it's like $11.45. If this had... Because I know we talked about like TIE Fighter and uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. If that was included in this, I'd pay more uh, It might be, it. but you can get them on good old games. I think right. it was 8 bucks for the entire damn series last yeah. week. And these well, are all Steam games you here. you got to so. realize, though, Ryan, that they might add... Sure, sure, sure. No, know. I get it. I, it's, yeah. it's fine. But I, I think the one that they're actually holding out for is probably Lego Star Wars. Hmm. So many people I know are utterly in love with that for some reason. My niece and nephews I don't get it. love that. All those yeah. Lego games, they're obsessed with. I don't with. get it, but obsessed hey, with. if you enjoy it, go for it. I did download Goat Simulator on my Shield tablet today. Look at the number. So, look, hey, at the, man, look at the you specs. Can't go wrong with Goat Simulator. Look at the real-time stats on this. Oh, it's insane. Look so at what they're up to. $2.39 million. <laughs> yeah, the top bit of two twenty two twenty two. He should have gone with the fours, but going with the twos is okay. Brooks, your hero. Wow. $222. That's impressive. I mean... That's probably what they cost to buy them all individually. So this is going to UNICEF? Yeah. 
This that's the same charity that J.J. Uh, Abrams used. Oh, it's part of the same thing. Star Wars Force for Change. Okay. Yeah, I think I they give is. you. Do they still yeah, give you those sliders? Like when you go to do your purchase, can you still adjust the sliders and tweak like how much goes to what of the three things, like the developers or the like? Isn't that part of it? Uh, developers, humble bundle itself, and the uh, charity. And then the charity. Yeah. So that's cool. Like not only do you get to set your own price. Choose where your money goes. Yeah, you, you can do that. Where it's going. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So you could choose thirty. Like the, for fifty bucks, the default is thirty-two fifty to developers, ten dollars to UNICEF, and seven fifty for the humble tip. Yeah. So you could go nope, and <laughs> nope, and do like that if you wanted to, and they let yeah, you do no, that, that. Right? That totally works. You could. It'll still yeah. work. I think that's totally not, your choice. I think that's not nice. Yeah. So, so here well, you go. There's that. So it, <laughs> that. there you go. <laughs> and notice it doesn't go up in increments of a penny for you, Chiefskins. Oh, so, yeah, 60. developers for those games is kind of a loose term. I think they mean like EA's bank account. Oh, yeah. That's for true. those games. That's true. Because <laughs> usually the yeah. humble bundles are like you know indie developers. more like indie developer stuff. How yeah. much would you like to donate to Disney exactly? Uh, Thirty cents. I donated a lot to Disney already. So I'm going. That's pretty cool. Like that's a good pick. That's a mm. definitely a good pick, and that's uh, Star Wars humble bundle. Do they tell you how long you have? Okay, twelve days. Yeah, 14 yep. hours. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got plenty of time. Uh, all right. So next up is Joshy Josh. Me. We didn't do any hashtag Josh checks tonight. No. Can What's you up believe with that? that? We didn't mm. do any hashtag Josh checks. Does Ken, he get any? Ken dropped the ball. Well, we just didn't think oh. about it. But anyway. Ken's, no Ken's figuring it out. Uh, go ahead, Josh. What do you got for me? Uh, you know what? Uh, if you think the GTX 960 was released... For 199, some of the overclocked versions. What do they go up to? 215 bucks. 239, I think you could get up to. 230 for the overclocked ones. Well, you can get a uh, XFX R9 290 after rebate for what? 220 dollars. 219.99 after 30 dollar rebate. That's that's awesome. That's insane. Do you? That's... Let me ask you an honest question. You can ask me anything you'd like, and you may get an honest answer. Did you see my Hitachi box? No. Well, okay, Alan uh, posted a link to the Alan, Hitachi box. Alan, you're supposed to share the Hitachi box. I did, I did. Uh, I, the real question I have is, is AMD making any money on that? They probably are, but not a whole lot. I mean, they're, they would rather move product at slim margins Make than... Make volume. <laughs> <laughs> not... You then not move product and have it sit in their warehouses. So um, it, the R9 290 and 290X, they're mature products. They've been out for a year and a half. They've been in production for longer than that. So yields are mature. 28 nanometer wafers, plentiful. So I don't think that they are losing any money, but they're certainly not making bank. Arbiter points out in the chat that it's a 300-watt GPU versus a 120-watt GPU, which is a fair, a fair statement. But if you don't care about power, if you already have a power supply that can handle that graphics card, you only care about performance per dollar, Yeah, it's a hell of an argument to make. And you don't feel like amortizing power cost over X number of years. It's what? And this is a double D extra a year that you're going to be paying. How much, how much more? I think it's going to be like 6 or $10 a year extra you'll be paying in power. That's actually not bad. And that's well, no, we've had this it. discussion with uh, 80 plus gold, platinum, silver. Oh, yeah. Over the, the course of a year, yeah, you're saving yourself a couple of bucks after spending <laughs> dozens. I will be his new dad. 
So, by the way, the Newegg uh, specifications on that card list a 750-watt minimum power supply. That is not a correct statement. Yeah. I hope not for Andy's sake. If you feel like powering a Brex Pro with the rest of that power other than the Uh, graphics card. Yeah. All right. Alan? Uh, So, yeah. So, we got this SSD in, right? And it's, uh, it's pretty sexy looking. Like, look at that. That is a PCIe SSD. It's, like, gorgeous. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, man. I just can't like wait to plug it into my mother slot. board. Oh, does it have an external power connector? Uh, yeah, so a little bit overkill. So this is uh, this is the upcoming uh, Plexter M60 Black edition, uh, which is just kind of like a relaunch of their PCIe. Um, it's got a heat sink, though, dog. It's got a pretty beefy heat sink on it. It does uh, look really cool. The heat sink's <laughs> kind of overkill, but it looks gorgeous. So like, if you're, if you're kind like the, of... The, the PCB is a nice matte. Yeah, it's, it's like a matte finish on the bottom, it. and you can see the traces. Yeah, the back panel thing is black. It's not silver. Yeah. And it's kind of got it's like a coating black. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the heat's like, it's, if you're the kind of person that like pays attention to like exactly what your video card looks like and how it's oriented in your case and your case modding and there's an all LED stuff, header on it. Uh, there's an LED header. So that if that's the only SSD in your system, you can. Plug, oh, you just hook your heart. Oh, you like a front your, panel hard yeah, drive thing. Yeah, you it. won't get a front oh, panel so indication with the PCIe oh, SSD. That's, so they put a pin I header on it. I thought about that. A little bit more overkill. They put a SATA power connector on it. Um, but, I mean, it's really just an M.2 SSD. Like it's, and for I, pricing. It's a, uh, the pricing is kind of up there, but you're little, paying A little bit for, over a dollar a gig. Yeah. So this, this guy's coming yeah. out soon. It's on Newegg on pre-order. That's like the only place you can find it right now. i type 2 diabetes. Uh, well, I got some oh. bad news. Oh, no. Does Google know I have diabetes and I don't, <laughs> and I don't know I have diabetes? Or you do. And that finger figured it out. Oh, it's like how much surge you ordered on that's, Amazon. Oh, no. <laughs> that's actually a Cialis uh, advertisement in disguise. You know, once a week, gets it right back up. Yeah. yeah. You only take it when you need it. So um, so the little, the little thing to know here about this guy is that it is the exact same product inside. As what's just the M.2 version of the uh, M6E. Okay. And it's the same one that's on the PCB of the M. or of the PCI Express version. Yeah, but it's fast. But it's the same speed. Oh. But it's fast. It's the same speed. How same fast? as the other one. It's got a heat sink. It goes over a gig per second, like sequential. So it's, it's, it's I mean, look a good at this, speed. Look at this picture right? on the new website. Look, uh, look at that. I mean, it's, it's really, really cool looking. Don't get me wrong. But just remember that internally like it's the same as the other ones so when you when you're looking at the pricing if you want a really cool looking pcie ssd for some particular reason get I this one don't right? ever tell yeah, but me does the, the uh, m.2 version have a heatsink no and neither does well, then the what's uh, the point well but the, the, the <laughs> heat doesn't really affect the ssd yeah but it's got a heatsink like it's it doesn't cool. draw look it doesn't that. draw enough to really you know look that does look, look if you have the it's right anodized aluminum i know how can I you know. go wrong if so you have cool. look at that motherboard you got it's an msi a gaming series motherboard with the black and red accents oh yeah it matches those motherboards oh, beautifully yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's nice yeah, yeah but this should have just been the product that we released first <laughs> that's true that's true uh i do still have it like I would say don't get this if you plan on upgrading to one of those newer motherboards that have an M.2 slot on them and you think you're just going to take this apart and just stick the M.2 SSD on there, on your motherboard. Well, don't do that because you don't have the cool heatsink. Well, no, no, no. Well, some people might want to have the one that looks cool now, but in the future when they buy that other M.2 oh, motherboard. Oh, okay, sure. They, right? You don't want to just necessarily have this plugged in, but you could just like take the M.2 part out of it and just stick it on your motherboard, right? Yep. Uh, you can, but then you void the warranty. 
Oh well, no! You avoid the warranty on others. Oh no! They put well. you do. Yes, I, I complained about that on the the previous one as well. That if you bought the PCI Express card with the M.2 card on it, plainly visible with one screw holding it in, uh, if you remove that screw, you avoided the warranty. Holy crap! Uh, Look at that. Look at their marketing for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. They we are, are we are not the Terminators. They are definitely they are not a Terminator. Seriously. Notice the roundness of the. Then they don't have any red on them. So they definitely yeah. don't have red eyes. Oh no. Yeah. No, but I mean, definite kudos for like look the look, look of that, that thing. It's got, it's got a, turbo a turbo with fire coming out of it. Yes. Is that, Is that a fire. turbo French horn? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you sure? Uh, make sure you get the uh, one-year data recovery service, because that would work great on Flash. Uh, no, that's uh, <laughs> no, they can do it. <sighs> Who's it with? Is it with? Uh, I don't know. It was a joke. Those driver savers. Yeah, those guys can recover yeah, Flash not driver stuff. Savers. Driver savers. Drive savers. Yeah, you said driver. I'm oh, sorry. Mm. That that's a piece of malware. Ooh. <laughs> If you add Arctic Silver to it, you can get it for only eight ninety nine. Oh man, I can reapply to that. You don't need to. It has you a need th- to reapply Arctic Silver. <laughs> no. Yeah, but if you did junk. that, you voided your warranty. That's yeah, true. But, but you, you would need a warranty, warranty because it would run so much cooler that it would never ever go broke. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end the show now. Uh, that is our our podcast for this week. Thank you everybody for joining us. If you missed the live show. You're a sucker. PCPro.com slash live. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You should subscribe to those emails. You should subscribe to those emails at PCPro.com slash subscribe. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a very simple form. We ask for your name and your email. We don't even really need your real name. We do need the real email, though. That is important for the emails to be sent. Um, but you could put uh, Alan Malventano and make your email whatever. Great. Now we're going to have 50 or Now you're going to have 50 Alan Malventanos on the list. I don't, I don't want to have 50 Alan Malventanos. That sounds very painful. Well, the name is what shows up in the header as to who the email went to. Once. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't really care. I mean, it's a, that's their problem. So then they're going to get an email to Alan Malventano? Yeah, think of how awesome that is. Hmm. Personalized email, baby. I guess. This is the future, everybody. Okay. Uh, and again, of course, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can go find the RSS feeds, uh, all the previous episodes, where it's where we embed our videos uh, from our YouTube channel, or, of course, just go to YouTube.com slash PCPro and subscribe to us there. You can see not just our, our podcast videos, but all the other videos we do. Uh, we post one of the Broadwell Nook. Uh, we did one discussing the GTX uh, 970 issue. We did one discussing the G-Sync issue, the mobile G-Sync issue. A lot of the other storage reviews have videos. Storage reviews, a lot of them have as well. And uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up in the next week or two. We have uh, the Dell Venue 8 7000 tablet. We mm-hmm. have the Dell XPS 13 notebook. We have it's the MSI GS30 um, dockable Ultrabook external graphics thing, Bob. We have the Intel uh, Broadwell Nook. We have. Uh, oh, I got to finish my write up of the GTX 960 overclocking results. We have three GTX 960 retail card reviews that need to be done. Uh, I'm going to go out of town on Monday. This has turned out to be a horrible, horrible thing for me to say out loud and recognize now. Um, Sebastian's not inventing a time machine. He needs to. Wait, he's not? Sebastian, get hot. Nope, totally not. There won't be a video about that. Nope. <laughs> if there is going to be, I would already know about it, though. Is that not if you had a time machine. I fully intend on building a time machine in the future and going back to right this moment. Right, right. Uh, February 4th, 2015. He just did it. It's Sebastian's amazing. right there. There's uh, two Kens. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, wait. 
perfect. If it, if yeah. it worked for the same price as one Ken, that's fine. Yeah, hit Otherwise, that button a couple more times. Out the door. I'm seeing double. They, out the door. Yeah, but the next thing you know, Ken's just going to be sitting there going, they took her job. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? that job. Do you remember that guy. web comic with the Cosbys? No. You don't remember that? You've never seen that? No. This guy clones Bill Cosby. That's really bad now. That and know, then there's like a whole bunch Cosby. of Cosby clones, but they're all defected <laughs> in some slight little way. So imagine a bunch of Kens, but all of them with like a it's different getting, kind of weird. The story's defect. getting worse now. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Uh, anyway. Let's 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 finish the damn show. Uh, okay. Thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you next week. I'm Ryan Schrow. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Goodbye. Bye.